Hi everyone, you're listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and this is the show where I interview investors to find out how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, and I, I'm your host, Taylor Koo. I didn't even introduce myself, and I'm on the journey to go from in. Uh, hip-hop dancing engineer turned multifamily real estate investor. This is a show where I interview multifamily real estate investors, discuss how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Now, today we are bringing back the Dylan Palmer. If you want to hear about his story, you got to not listen to this episode. You got to listen to the episode before this because this episode is all about action items. Welcome back to the show, Dylan. Hey, thank you for having me. I, I love this portion. This is going to be it's gonna be cool. Yeah, yeah, no. Let's 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 get right into it. So, I mean, you were you were reaching out to a bunch of people on LinkedIn. You gave a little bit of a, of a sneak peek and said, "Have have people reach out to you on you know some of the questions that you asked." What if you don't want to give all five or like the three? Or I guess you could get all, give all five if you want. But what were the questions that that you asked on a? Yeah, so the uh, the one that I mentioned previously on the uh, the podcast before, you'll have to go back and watch it. In order yes. to see. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, the the one that I that I mentioned was it's the you know the, the what was the biggest you know barrier that you had you know, during your, your initial kind of start and that got you once you got over that barrier, kind of ta- brought you to that next level. Uh, another another question that I really liked to ask was like, you know, what question, what what part of the business do you like the least? You know, what, what don't you like, you know, about, you know, everything that you do. And that was something that usually, you know, something that creates, you know, the more thought, thought provoking questions that they don't get every day. And I have, you know, I have this list of 10, um, you know, one of my, you know, more standard questions and action items was like, you know, what do you, what are your thoughts on getting, you know, your real estate license, right? Like, is it important that I get my real estate license in order to be a part of this business? And that was kind of something that I didn't really understand until after asking that question that I got, you know, multiple different feedback, different forms of feedback from uh, each individual that I was able to kind of, you know, mine and mold my own kind of uh, mm-hmm. path. And uh, I'm more than happy to share that list of questions with you. Uh, it's like 10 questions that I would ask every single person. Um, and if you just shoot me an email or send me a text, I'll be more than happy to you know, give you that list of questions. Those are really great questions, though. I mean, you asked those questions and you brought it up, and I was even thinking, like, ah, these are. I wish I would have known these questions beforehand, especially when talking. Because when I was reaching out and to to a bunch of people, it was just more like I don't even remember what I said. I think it was like, oh, how it was similar along. What, what do you like about the business, and like, what are your goals, and you know, what do you need help on, or what are, what are you lacking, or what do you don't like about it? But no, awesome questions. And then when reaching out, how many people did you reach out to? Per day, and is there a prerequisite to reaching out? I don't know. See, I gotta look back because I've been asked like this is like the third or fourth time I've been asked that question, and I and I still don't and I still don't know it. <laughs> like, I mean, just like scrolling through. I mean, it had to be you know at least a hundred. But what I would recommend is like just do what you're comfortable with. You know, if you have you know ten to fifteen minutes a day, um, creating that kind of preset template. Uh, I really something I've really been kind of digging into is a lot of you know systems, right? And and trying to maximize your time and not having to recreate everything every time. So where if you're able to create you know one or two templates for when you're reaching out, I highly recommend if you do not have a a LinkedIn profile account to create one. You know, feel free to connect with me and shoot me a DM. My name is uh, I think I'm Dylan Palmer on it, and just <laughs> it's a great social media platform where you have instant kind of credibility in the professional business world. And I would recommend starting to, you know, 
create content a little bit. You know, I think content to, to some people is a little bit daunting. Uh, so just start with, you know, reaching out to people and, and asking them their experiences. And uh, I'm also more than happy to share, you know, what I used as a template uh, because it, I think it really helped me and I'd be more than happy to share that with you. Uh, you know, I didn't create it all myself. I used other templates to kind of create it. So, you know, I'm more than happy to, to pass that along to you, you know, be able to steer you in the right direction. And the templates that you got, or probably templates from somebody else. It's not like, oh, this is right. completely, completely original, but also goes to show that it's, you know, at the end of the day, it is, the, the, this beat is all still there. Like, it's just, it's simple. It works. It works. Yeah. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of goes through it. Maybe it's regurgitated in different ways, but at the end of the day, it's still like the same um what same meat? I don't even know what the heck I'm talking. Same action. Yes, yeah, same, same, same action. action. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know the core. Now, when now transitioning over to to talking to brokers and switch uh, and you know finding deals, what action steps would you recommend in trying to find that first deal? Let's say trying to add value to partners that are lacking uh, deal flow. Yeah, I think the the best way is by first, you know, finding a, a market that makes sense for you, and just by networking, you know, by networking and, and talking to these, uh, you know, real estate professionals. Maybe some are brokers, but you can kind of ask them, you know, what what do they think, right, about you know the, their you know, whatever market you're looking into, right, and and hopefully, you know, you'll you'll eventually meet someone who will steer you in the right direction. Uh, and once you find that one market, you know when you're first starting out, remember that it is it's it's a long process. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. So the best way to kind of walk through the entire process is okay. You know you have your market. You know let's say it's it's Lexington, Kentucky. You know you go on a website called Crexi.com, C-R-E-X-I.com, or even LoopNet, and you're going to look and you're going to see you know which brokers has you know the most listings currently in that area. Right, you're going to pick. Uh, that's going to be a broker that you definitely want to make a connection with. I'm a huge believer in the 80/20 rule, uh, which means that you know 20% of the brokers have 80% of the sales in every market. So pick one of the top 20% um, of the brokers, and you look at the deal. Right, you say, okay, you know, see, see what kind of the the unit mix is. If it has any information, read the description and call the broker. Right. Don't, don't send them an email. Don't, you know, don't, don't press the contact button and say, where it has the preset. Uh, I would like, <laughs> I would like some more information on this. Right. Uh, yeah. um, you know, to do the extra step that people, that most people won't do, which is, which is call them up. Um, and even better because mostly they'll have the office line on LoopNet. you know, look up their name and brokerage on the internet and find their cell, you know, call their cell. And if they don't answer, leave them a voicemail, say, you know, hey, my name is Dylan, and I'm you know looking into property on one, two, three Main Street. I think it's very interesting, et cetera, et cetera. And after you leave the voicemail, follow up with a text message and say, hey, you know, I just left you a quick voicemail. Say your name, you know, who you're with, right? And say, you know, you know what you're looking for. And either if they don't call you back, they'll respond back to your text. And you know, take that very seriously. Use their time wisely because they do have, you know, twelve other calls to make that same day. And once you have all that information, so. He, what he's going to do is he's going to ask you, uh, he or she is going to ask you for uh, your email and you're going to give them your email and they're going to send you what is a uh, T12, which is a financial statement of the last you know 12 months, uh, a rent roll, and then usually an OM. Uh, and what you're going to do is you know use that information, focus on the rent roll and the T12 to be able to put that information into your model. Now, to not get ahead of everything, the first step would be, you know, obviously to learn how to underwrite. Uh, 
And there are, there are multiple services out there that will teach you how to underwrite. And I'm more than happy to you know, walk you through how I underwrite. Uh, you know, just feel free to reach out to me um, and I'll be able to help you out. And you know, what, what, which once you know how to underwrite, uh, you're going to be able to use that rent roll to create you know, that current unit mix, what their average rents are going to be, and then go on a simple you know, website such as Rentometer. Right. So this is, you know, this is a preliminary, you know, what's even better actually open the OM and use the market rents that the broker has, right. Just as a preliminary uh, market rents, you know, you have your current in place where you can see market rents on your performa. And then I, as a standard always use for the income statement, I always use the T3 on the income, but I use T12 expenses. Hmm. And you know what that, what that enables you to do is you put that into your model and then you're able to see, you know, what price, makes sense, right? For us, we want to hit a 17% IRR on the property level. So our LP investors will get a 15% return. Uh, another thing that's important to us and our investors is cash on cash. Uh, and cash on cash basically is saying, you know, after debt service, uh, you know, after your income, expenses, debt service, which is your, you know, your mortgage alone, you're paying down your mortgage, that number left over, that compared to the initial equity invested, what's that percentage? Right. And we like to see on a stabilized performance basis, a 7% cash on cash distribution to our investors. So then you have that price point, you have your price point, and then you call a broker back up. You know, you have your model in front of you. You're able to, you know, you see where, you know, what your numbers are. And then you talk to him and, you know, you ask him the same questions. I had a list of, you know, 10 to 15 questions that I would ask every broker. And I'm more than happy to send it to you. It helped me a lot. And I'm like, Somebody sent it to me, so I'm more than happy to send it to you. And um, I would ask those questions, and then we would go through, you know, my underwriting, and I'd say, okay, this is the price that I, that we that would make sense for us, right? You know, what's the whisper price, right? And if there was, you know, a more than you know, ten to fifteen percent discrepancy, right, between the two, more likely it's a it's a killed deal, right? But you can talk through your assumptions, right? You can talk through, you know, you use your T3 income, you use the T12 expenses, and this is where, you know, you had market rents in your OM at this, right? So, you know, we're using the same information. Where's our underwriting different? And just by doing that extra step really, you know, puts you in the right position. Yeah, real quick, how come you use T3 income versus just a regular T12 income? Yeah, that's a great question. So T3, uh, for those of you who don't know, is going to say the last, the trailing three months of income, right? So let's say if, if we're in December today and we're using T12 income, that means that rents, whether the occupant, whatever the occupancy was, um, whatever the, 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 you know, the new highest rents were in January are accounted for in today's numbers. But as you know, multifamily, you know, one of the biggest things is, is it's an inflation hedge. And with that is because, you know, every single month there's going to be tenants turning and you're able to increase rents. So using T3, you're really able to create a, a lot more accurate snapshot of what your actual income is going to be after taking over the property, not accounting for, you know, the nine months prior that may be, you know, old data, right? In this sense. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. This is all extremely fruitful information. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much for enlightening us. Now, if people want to get a hold of you again, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, feel free to shoot me a text or give me a call at uh, 714-403-9465. And then my email is D as in Dylan Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R at urbanrenewalpartners.com. And then I think that will be in the uh, the show notes. It will be in the show notes. Yes, yes it will. I got you. 
one thing I definitely want to mention uh, that I wasn't able to mention before is on my Instagram, it's Dylan Palmer 13. What I've done is every single, you know, whether it's rehab or capital expenditures, just new roof or parking lot. I've been, uh, I've been documenting, you know, the entire reposition process. Uh, on my story. You can kind of watch through. This is exactly what we do, you know, when we take over as our value add strategy. And, it'll, and if you have any questions on that, and, and, you know, as we, you know, make more improvements, like we had a, a charge point, you know, installed this past week, you know, and that's on there, uh, you know, you'll see kind of where, where we're at. And, and I'm happy to, uh, to connect with you there. Awesome. Yes. Follow his journey, reach out to him. Dylan, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I appreciate your time this early AM. And uh, everyone, if you're listening to this, thank you for listening. Have a, have a great one. Awesome. Thank you very much, Taylor. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you got any value out of the show, I'd greatly appreciate if you leave a rating and review on iTunes to help others receive that same value. If you're looking to learn more on how to passively invest in apartment buildings or self-storage assets, click on my link in the show notes to learn more. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.